Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-seconds relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. I am MVP. And our third and final host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. Uh, today, we want to explore slash re-emphasize the importance of parts, specifically inspecting your parts. Uh, some time ago, we've met, we talked about owner-produced parts and how that's a good slash bad thing. But as of right now, uh, the news media has reported that at least four commercial airlines have identified some of their aircraft have fake or unauthorized parts installed in them. Uh, the extent of the parts and how critical they are have yet to be released, but that just drives the whole drives home the the fact or the topic that much more of just how important it is to screen for your parts. <laughs> yeah, and it would really be nice to know um, the method of how they discovered this, and I'm sure, I'm sure it was something along the lines of the paperwork, somebody doing an audit, the supply group going. You know, these numbers don't usually jive with what we typically order. And anybody who's spent time working on things, you start memorizing part numbers mm-hmm. after a while just because you order so many of them. And I'm sure somebody coming up, what did we order again? Dash 12 bolts. Well, well the, what, the part number is usually this. Where do we order these from? Oh, we had to get them from a different supplier. Oh, well, was that approved? Because a lot of people don't know this. You can't just. Well, for many companies, and especially like in the military side of aviation, mm-hmm. you can't just go and say, oh, my normal vendor is out. I have to go find another vendor. But you can't just call somebody else up and say, hey, you guys make this? Yes. Cool. Put me down for 100. No, they have to go through like a whole vetting process to, you know, uh, make sure they have all the certifications. Absolutely. Yeah. Creating what they're making. Yes. So, uh, according to a couple articles, and this is just me doing a quickie search on the interwebs, uh, it says that the issue was initially flagged by uh, TAP Air Portugal. I'm not sure if that's uh, airlines. I could be wrong. But anyways, they uh, Air Portugal uh, in July discovered some fraudulent documentation, I guess, when they were doing uh, internal audit or they're just doing like a supply screener. And they found some uh, CFM manufacturing they found some of the parts in their CFM engines, which is shared between Airbus and Boeing, for those of you who don't know this. And the company in question is supposedly UK-based, and one of the owners is, at this time, we, we're at this time of knowing, is of Venezuelan uh, descent. Now, whether they got this parts in South America or wherever they got it, that kind of just reemphasize some of the stuff that we've been saying, like, you know, counterfeit parts, fake parts or unauthorized parts usually come around from areas where you least hear about or places where they typically don't come from. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, so this isn't a dig at our South American listeners at all. We're not saying less than adequate parts, but, but historically speaking, at least the times that they've been caught. And I remember a number of years ago, there was, um, at least in the corporate jet realm, there was uh, fuel controls that were, I'm air quotes here, uh, overhauled uh, at these South American uh, vendors. And, but what they were doing is they were buying the high-timed items from like different airlines around the world, like Six was just saying, right? Some UK, some Australian, some US. Uh, you know, other European places. Those items would go high time. Those parts would go high time. They would get shipped. These uh, these overhaul facilities would buy them, overhaul them, and then sell them back to these vendors, right? And typically, it'd be at a reduced price because they're overhauled. They're not brand new components. Well, what was happening? At least this is probably back in like the twenty uh, twenty ten to twenty fifteen time frame. And what was happening was, is they were taking these overhaul parts, kind of putting them through a, a, a parts washer and uh, slapping a, a new piece of paper on it or a new sticker and putting it in a box and sending it back. 
without actually overhauling it. And so there was a high rate of failure in the field for these fuel controls of a specific make and model. And so a lot of people went, God, we, we've gone through 10 fuel controls in the last five months. What's going on here? So mm-hmm. what a lot of operators do is they send in their supplier quality group, right? They go and investigate. Hey, let's uh, take a trip to the supplier and see what's going on here. Ah, you guys are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I think that was a Colombian-based uh, operation. Ooh. Yeah, that's not a fun time. So again, uh, to revisit a previous episode, we mentioned about like uh, uh, parts when they're made, as MVP has alluded to earlier, then you can't just like pick these off the bunch or just uh, pull it off a shelf anywhere. It has to have some kind of vetting. It has to meet some tor- type of specification. And usually here in the U.S., they'll have some kind of authorization called like a parts uh, manufacturer's authorization. It's pretty much saying like this part manufacturer, whether it be the original creator or a third party, they have some kind of uh, authorization from that civil flight authority, in our case, the FAA, saying that this part, it meets all the required specifications needed for an aircraft. And again, it can either be the owner or the original maker of the part, or it can be a third party that makes uh, a part that's so similar that you can't honestly tell them apart. Uh, yeah, it basically says uh, the processes, tools, equipment you use to manufacture this part are deemed, you know, adequate by whatever your uh, federal uh, federal aviation administration, right? EASA, whoever, CI, mm-hmm. CI was it CI? What was Canada? CID? Uh, CSA? C. I'm 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 fucking it up, man. I'm oh my sorry, 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 buddy. It's everybody in Canada <laughs> having a total brain fart here. That, but that's just how much this blows us away, right? So, yeah, there, there's in either case, like there's supposed to be some kind of written authorization or a vetting by that civil air authority, FAA, YASA, CASA, and so forth, saying that you can make this, right? And depending on the organization, say for instance, the military in any country, they have a qualified production list or qualified producers list some kind of list that says not only are they allowed to make airworthy parts they're allowed to make airworthy parts for the military and this goes through a whole rigmarole of qualifications and standards that they have to meet and so forth set forth by whatever military organization there is so it's not like we just shoot over to a home depot or a uh, hammer barn or something. You mean you mean you can't go to Napa Aviation? <laughs> I wish. I wish there was a Napa Aviation. You know what though? I'd be lying if I if I said I've never built some test equipment while working on the road uh, out of Napa sourced uh, parts. Now, for all of you go and string me up here, uh, these parts did not remain installed on the aircraft. They were uh, a series of tubes, fittings, and gauges. Uh, that we made to do like uh, oil pressure tests and things of that nature mm-hmm. uh, because we were uh, hundreds of miles from home uh, in the middle of the night and uh, we had to do what we had to do. Right. And usually something like that is kind of like, you're not the final decision in this. Like someone had to be like, Hey, we're going to do this. Are you cool with it? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's a good point. Six. We, we did always call uh, the, um, the operator and basically say, Hey, look, we're out here. Uh, you know, we've done some troubleshooting and we've determined, you know, think it's a definitely fluctuations in the oil. We've checked things out. However, to properly test it for the manual, we have to have this test. Uh, we have to have a test kit, kit, which we don't have now. In some cases, the, uh, operator has all these test kits and special tooling and stuff for the aircraft they operate. And oftentimes they'll drop ship them to you, right? There's Mm -hmm. a, a company there called Sterling. Uh, and it's essentially Uber Uber Eats for uh, aircraft parts delivery or test uh, tooling delivery. Huh. Uh, very pricey, but they run all hours of the day. Hey, there we and, go. Yeah, so oftentimes they'll do that depending on the location, or sometimes they're going to go, man, it's going to be X amount of days till we get it to you. Just can you put something together? Can do, you know? Yeah. I mean... That's a that, that's a damn good service, especially for those on AOG. Man, 
I wish oh. they had something like that, man. <laughs> Where I was yeah, usually, I mean, we just you have... got to know some of the drivers pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding, right? Like, oh, you something broke again? Like, yeah, man. Can can you come over? Like, all right, fine. I got one delivery, but I'll be there. Like, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> like, wow, okay. they sent you all the way out here. Like, you're like you're in Palm Springs or something. Yeah, well, that's crazy. I just ran into you in San Francisco last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so again, like uh, these parts, you know, like uh, they have to go s- through some kind of qualification or some type of authorization. And typically, these parts they usually come from your standard, like uh, original manufacturers, authorized uh, sec- third party owner produced parts, which was its own thing. Go ahead and check that episode out too. Uh, parts manufactured or overhauled by a repair station, like a certified repair station <laughs> that's the key word there that's the key word there right so uh going back real quick about this how um so this company in question uh once the once uh air portugal found out like oh hey these things don't jive they kind of started doing an inspection throughout the rest of their planes and then other airlines kind of caught wind of it they found some stuff they popped too and then the FAA caught wind of it and they put on alert saying, hey, you know, if you have parts in the shelf or on the plane with this company or this type of part numbers, you might want to pull it off the line. And then that's when four commercial airlines here in the U.S. kind of went like, "Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> so there is some type of an alert system. There is a notification system out there. So like, hey, we, we have suspected unauthorized parts in the mix or in the heat of things. So you might want to double check yourselves. Uh, and that's with civilian authorities, military and other agencies have like NASA and stuff have their own um, notification system. And it's usually a shot, like shot across everybody like, hey, be on the lookout or be aware of these parts may exist. And they treat it as any other part that broke. They take it out or they isolate it. They make sure that they don't accidentally mix it into other stuff. They tag it, flag it, whatever the case may be. So it doesn't, accidentally get used and from what we understand or at least what we know at this point in time there hasn't been a incident with these parts or at least nothing tied to these parts yet hopefully if there isn't any and they kind of caught it in time but um, yeah like hopefully it was a clerical error that tipped somebody off and they said hey wait a minute right so but imagine that right like how how just the simplest thing could lead could have such a cascading effect now unapproved or unauthorized parts can mean a whole slew of things right like uh it wasn't overhauled or or created to standard to whatever standard your civil air authority is or it didn't have the necessary paperwork to prove that it was airworthy that that can be a thing too well i know we've said that before right so you get a part and it shows up despite how good it looks if there's not if there's not paperwork that comes with it do not install that part Absolutely correct. Yes, and it has. And to- sometimes, right? Sorry to cut you off, six. And sometimes, though, it, the part may be good. For some reason, they just didn't send the paperwork with it. Mm-hmm. So you call, you know, you call back to control. Hey, got this part in. Cool. Let us know when it's installed. Well, here's the kicker. That's why I'm calling you. Uh, it didn't come with any paperwork. And so then you'll wait a little while while they run through the gamut on the on the back end, calling their supply chain and whatever else. And sometimes they'll either email it to you or they'll give you like from control themselves or whatever internal paperwork they have that, you know, gives you this little blessing and takes the uh, responsibility off of you for a part without a tag. So you can still install it. I mean, you're still responsible for the work you do, but but the operator, owner operator is taking responsibility for a part that they ordered that didn't that came without paperwork. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, sometimes I've actually seen this happen a few times where the manufacturer is good. The part is typically good. The paperwork's there, but the certification expired. Um, yep. You know, you know that, that's rare, but it has happened. And usually what, how it goes about is like they made the part, you know, in t- anticipation for the, for the demand, which happens a lot. And in the midst of them making it, they fail to recertify for whatever qualifications for the civil air authority, whatever that is, uh, ISO 9001, AS9100, or whatever. Uh, it, it lapsed or they didn't meet it in time when, by the time the part was made and it already shipped out before they could isolate or contain anything. 
most times when that happens, they'll send out some kind of notice like, hey, FYI, if you see part numbers with these lots or these serial numbers or whatever, uh, don't install them until we send you some paperwork justifying its existence or something like that. But sometimes, you know, hey, p- humans are humans. We kind of forget things. The, and they don't realize that a part escaped into the wilderness until they've already installed it. So the part's good. The aircraft, the, uh, I'm sorry, the manufacturer's good. The paperwork is kind of good. But again, like some certification expired for whatever reason or it lapsed, right? Which is they're, right. nor- they're normally qualified. And then what I've also seen too is we're doing, say we're doing a supplier quality audit we found they, these, this supplier has been our go-to for however many years. They've made parts for us for so many years, but they failed an inspection or they failed an audit. So now we got to kind of put a suspense or a suspension on their, on their parts. But they're already in the shelf, ready to get installed somewhere. And usually that message kind of takes a bit for it to cycle through or it takes a while for someone to actually have to go through the stock room and figure out if these parts match or these serial numbers match from that supplier or whatever the case may be, there's a whole, there's a whole slew of stuff that, that can happen, but uh, yeah, you'll see aircraft grounded until you, you know, they'll say, Hey, belay that next flight, go out, pop the cowlings and check for this or pop this panel here, or get under the nose cone and check for the part number on this. If it has a dash one, we're good to go. But if it's a dash, uh, dash two or three, we're, uh, we're SOL. We gotta, we gotta replace that component. You know, right? Yes. And uh, MVP, you mentioned this before, um, where sometimes the documentation, you know, in the effort to stay in business or an effort to kind of just make a quick uh, buck, some places they'll just fake the funk, right? They'll they'll forge um, certification or airworthiness certificates, saying like, "Oh yeah, it passed, totally, hundred percent, right?" And then just and then and it, that's more rare, more uncommon than you would think. So it's not just like, oh, I, let me just go find a find someone who's good at Photoshop and then just make this stuff. You're going to go to jail in a quick with a quickness if you do some shit like that. But it has happened and usually, you know, like when you see stuff like that, I'm like, this doesn't look right. Or they're using the wrong revision to the forms or that certification form. So like what the f- why the hell are we seeing rev c we're like rev h who sent yeah, where this did you get this document from <laughs> yeah who sent this yeah no we're gonna need to see something else right but again that just really drives home you know like um they, they some, some places man either their their quality is not that great or they're intentionally trying to be sneaky and in this case with these f- couple airlines that we've mentioned earlier it was a company trying to be sneaky. Um, what, why they decided to do that, don't know. And I'm pretty sure a good amount of people are going to jail for it. You're uh, talking so, about the UK-based company, not the actual airline, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. I just want to uh, clarify that. It sounded like you're like, oh, the airlines were being sick. I was like, oh, so they, they, went, like, they went on Facebook Marketplace and said cheapest, sort from cheapest. And... Uh, <laughs> And said, buy now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, and uh, some people, you might be asking like, well, why the hell would an aircraft install fake parts? Right. Or would they care to install fake parts? For one, yes, they will care because that's hardcore illegal. And then two, like, um, <sighs> we're, we're in a, we're in a timeframe now where the demand for airlines or actually aviation in general is kind of exceeding the means. Right, where I have a shortage of aircraft, we have a shortage of uh, mechanics, technicians. We're kind of, sort of, still. Actually, I think we are still in a shortage for pilots. So, whatever you can do to kind of cut costs, that you know, you'll try to find the best economic means, right? You know, to sustain yourself. And sometimes, you know, like uh, you make you make regrettable buys. <laughs> if that's the night. That's the nice way of saying it. Um, yeah. Well, so look at it this way too, right? Uh, and I'll use like a, a restaurant as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have your specific set of vendors that you buy your produce from and you put in the same order every week for, for this produce. 
And then over a while, you notice your produce bill, you get a notification, hey, it's going to increase by $30. Hmm, that's weird. Okay, I guess inflation. Then shortly thereafter, hey, it's going to increase by another 30. And you're going, wait a minute, why is this? Well, it's like, uh, use it to your, I'll, I'll tie in the cell phones, right? The longer you're with your cell phone provider, it seems like the least benefits you get. Mm-hmm. You just get more expensive rates, and, and and so that forces you to shop around. So similar thing, right? So if you're in the restaurant, you so you go, okay, well, um, cool, thanks. Uh, go ahead and cancel that order. I'm going to look over here for another vendor to give me a better price. So in doing so, it forces the other vendor to 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 lower their price, prices, remain competitive. So they want to keep the business, right? So they go, okay, okay don't don't go over there. Because you, you go back to them and say, hey, well, they gave us, you know, 50% off for uh, two months or something like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll drop it down to this, and we'll also give you free tomatoes for the next two months or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a, a sort of a similar thing happens in the aviation realm. So especially when it comes to, like, single-source vendors, right? They're mm-hmm. the only one who makes this particular product. So you're kind of – you're kind of – uh at their will, right? They can charge you whatever and they can, you know, hey, we need this order field ASAP. Yeah, we'll get to them and get to it. But what are you going to do? You don't have any other option. Mm-hmm. But when there's multiple vendors who go out there and say, hey, what are your parts? Uh, we need a fuel control. All right, well, that's that's going to be five grand. Or, or, you know, say eight grand. Eight grand for an overhauled fuel control? You're, you're cooked. A brand new one's, um, a brand new one's, you know, seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or eight five. And like, yeah, it's five hundred dollars off. Like, no, that's not. So then you look around, and so some people try to cut into that market and get those people who are shopping around for new vendors, or to get into the market. Right? They they offer these extremely low prices. Well, why are they so low? Because they have zero overhead. They're not doing any work to overhaul these parts to make sure to put them back to zero time to ensure their safety, integrity of them, whatever else. It's literally, literally the part. Sh- it's like a rotating door, a revolving door. It comes through. They slap a new sticker on it, put it in a box, and send it right back out. <laughs> I'm actually picturing that. Isn't that that's the sad part? And we've actually, and it's actually one of the procedures too. Depending on what parts they are, uh, some of them they would say uh, maim uh, when uninstalled, right? Or uh, when the when the engineers or whoever says, "Yeah, let's scrap this thing." They actually have to mutilate this part to such an extent that salvaging this would be like next to impossible. And, um, and you actually have to show that to a responsible engineer or a responsible party. Like, this is me taking a sledgehammer to this part. Is it mutilated enough? Yeah, right. It'll be, it'll be sometimes you'll have to take an angle grinder or a bandsaw or something. And you have to, like, like Six said, uh, put a nick in it in a certain spot that's, uh, not repairable, no matter who it goes to. Right. You know, uh, many of you, uh, I always try to teach new guys this as it was taught to me. Uh, say you're taking off a part because you're, you're, you know, to facilitate other maintenance, but that part you took off has O-rings. Well, I always, I always tell the new guys as it was told to me, take those O-rings off immediately, cut them, throw them in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Let it not be able to be reused at all. I'll take the old ones off and I'll sit them here on the, on the bench and I'll throw them away when we're done. Don't Ooh. cut them now. Cause there's a chance you might get it mixed up with the new, the new O-ring and we don't want to reuse it. Now that's kind of a weak example. I know some O-rings can be used, reused and whatever else, but that was just my example of, of, of maiming something. So it can't be reused. You know, it's another one uh, that used to be a big rash uh, for a good amount of time was uh, one time self locking nuts. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, uh, so for those who have not seen them before, these self-locking nuts, they're like one-time use. And the reason why is because when you get them, they're kind of oval shaped. They look almost like, uh, like egg shaped, but once you thread them on and, and torque them in, that's when they kind of free form to whatever stud that they're being, uh, fastened to. And then once like you take them off, it's like loose as shit. Like you can't like, uh, have that same tightness you can almost wiggle them loose that's how like deformed they've been and they kind and they kind of do that on purpose right so you only use it one time hence the name right and um when you take them off you're 100 supposed to like just smash it up or 
get like gets like some uh, nut cutters or whatever that tool is where you actually have to split the fasteners and then toss it in the trash because <laughs> uh, we you might have run the risk of accidentally reinstalling said parts and i have actually seen that happen before myself where um it was actually on a helicopter once it, we put some self-locking nuts uh on an aircraft that we didn't know was uh already used or at least the person that put it on didn't make sure that it was not used and this aircraft went to go turn up and the the tail rotor almost wobbled off the plane and just had, had they not caught that enough like yo this is vibrating just a little too much and then they shut the plane down no harm no foul but had they not noticed or if that plane was like spinning at say at its 100 percent or the weather wasn't was a little extra choppy that day for all we know that 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 tail rotor could have jumped off the plane and cartwheeled down the freaking flight line possibly injuring like a shit ton of people so that's the huge risk about uh like life limited parts uh counterfeit parts or parts that you know there that you're not 100 sure if it's the right one you know what i mean and 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 as MVP said, like it can come from a multiple of things, not just fake parts, like stuff that people just kind of hodgepodge together at their garage or some shit. It could also be parts that that were good at one point, but now they're rejected, like um, high time parts that are well past their lifetime, but then they just slap a brand new sticker on it and then call it good. Or like in our case with the O rings and the self locking nuts, it sounds menial, it sounds real dumb, but as case have shown, especially with today's news or at the time of today's news, it, it can escalate and cascade real fast. And um, Yeah, it just takes one incident, and then they go, anybody who's running these parts, check your shelves, quarantine the parts. Uh, all, all aircraft are grounded until this one-time inspection is performed. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and while you say, okay, well, let's go do the one-time inspection. Well, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's massive money loss, you know? Yeah. Every hour, every hour that passes. So, uh, it's very important. A- another thing, you know, talking about part numbers, it just kind of jogged my memory. Sometimes you get a part number in and you go, this isn't what I ordered. Well, oftentimes your IPBs, um, your illustrated parts breakdowns, they'll have multiple numbers, right? They'll be like, uh, an NAS number, an MES number and a mill and a mill number, right? depending mm-hmm. on who's ordering it. So one part can have a multitude of part numbers for different uh, different branches, I guess, so to speak. I don't know how else to say it, but yeah. different different entities uh, of the government, you know, yep. civilian to military or whatever else. So so oftentimes you, you might have to look into that, right? And you're like, this isn't what I ordered. I ordered mill whatever. This is NAS. You look in the manual. Oh, okay. Well, it's the same thing. It's just, the parts tag they gave me said said NAS on it instead of mill, but it's the same part. Right. In that case, you're good to move forward, but just double check those, right? You may, ah, oh, they gave me the wrong thing. Well, maybe not, you know? Yep. Maybe not. Just go check. Yep. And um, so I, I, I might be wrong, but I, there's also a section where it has, or a column anyway, that says usable on code. And um, yep. it was, so it would be like different part numbers, different manufacturers or whatever. Or it will say that instead of dash two, it would be dash three. And like, what the fuck? You gave me the wrong one. But sometimes or another, they'll have like a usable on code where they'll say like, oh, this part number is a good, is a substitute for X, Y, Z. Right. Oh, okay. Perfect. No problem. Moving on. Right. But it has to say that. <laughs> That's the thing. And, um, so, and sometimes, you know, like the supply guys giving, issuing out the parts, they don't know better. Right. It just says dash two bolt nine sixteenths and so they go looking for dash two nine sixteenth bolt they don't find any in their shelf but they see a dash three nine sixteenth bolt oh maybe this will work right and then they say the weather looks the same size looks the same material fuck it right they'll send it down their way and send it over to you like yo what the fuck <laughs> what is this <laughs> what what do you give me here <laughs> yeah i think right. we have a uh, i think we have a uh comic about that actually. yeah we do actually so go check that out on tapas and we exaggerate a little bit about it but it has happened 
where we've actually got parts like their their difference is by maybe one digit. They look almost identical. Like almost perfectly identical, same threads, same whatever, right? But there's always that one like material difference between them. And sometimes you can't spot the difference. Uh there was one uh instance where we had like four different washers, all four different part numbers, they all look 100% the same. And you wouldn't know they were different when they're installed right i'm like uh fuck right and then some people you know they'll get wise like oh some of them they have higher lower recesses some of them the ends are flat or they're colored different and stuff like that sure i believe you i 100 percent believe you but what's the what's the stack of what's the configuration like what is it supposed to be and can you spot that out without directly knowing what they are right and that's and that's kind of the problem too because sometimes or another uh, when it's in an in unauthorized configuration, that technically makes it an unauthorized part. If that makes any sort of sense to anybody, it's rare. Oh yeah, well you're deviating from manufacturer's design for operations. So yeah, that's yeah so good. Yeah, so <laughs> unless so, you've got some sort of mod paperwork or or whatever else you you've worked to to that's an approved design change. But yeah, any deviation from. Mm-hmm engineering released engineering uh yeah it's unauthorized oh yeah yep so uh again like uh well most civil civil authorities whenever someone kind of throws a red flag yo problem usually those if it's a big enough issue they'll tell their civil air authorities and they'll issue out some kind of a notice and that notice will either be like some kind of alert bulletin it'll be like an all like all points message um uh, unsuspected unauthorized part notification something right and different organizations call them different uh sometimes there'll be uh noti- unauthorized part notification sometimes they'll call it uh counterfeit part prevention notification something right uh i can't list them all off because they're all alphabet soup acronyms and i can't remember them all i'm sorry but they'll shoot these out and then that's when you kind of like now it's on you to do the due diligence and purge through your your supply. And this includes the ones on the plane too. And in most cases, as MVP mentioned, that if it's suspect in on these usable on parts or on these aircraft or these systems, that aircraft's down, done. Like it's down until it has that go ahead, like, hey, it, we've inspected it, it's good to go. Or we're We've inspected it's good to go. Now it's pending a replacement because that's another thing too. <laughs> because once you have identified a counterfeit, you have to have a usable replacement. And that's another uh, side of that, of that beast is, yeah, we've identified the problem, but we don't have a usable replacement for it. So what the fuck do we do? <laughs> and uh, I've actually had some instances going back to that one where the manufacturer's good, the part's good, the paperwork is semi-good. It's just expired or it's lapsed or whatever reason. In situations like that, I've seen people say, uh, just leave it installed, use it as is, but it's limited to doing only this, right? Like it, it can only do uh, taxis. It could only fly this high or something like that. Like it's very limited in its operation until the paperwork catches up with it. Or it's just grounded until the paperwork catches up, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I might say, you, know, you, got, you got five flights to replace it. Yes. At that point, you're grounded. Yes, I have, have seen that too. Or like, uh, it's a this is un, this part is unauthorized for X amount of flights. So now you could it's you have to uh, swap it out. Every, uh, or once it hits so many hours, it cannot fly anymore. It can only do X Y Z until you get a replacement. More or less what MVP said. But I've I've seen somewhere it's with electronic equipment where it's still good. It's just technically not good per standard so they kind of just let it roll until it fails or they let it roll until that certain point then they just kind of disconnect it from the plane and then now they're just flying without one <laughs> you know what i mean um i can't remember an exact example of that it was something to do with avionics where it was like a redundant system where it's cool if we have it but it's not detrimental if we didn't uh it just kind of limits certain uh yeah you might be limited to to vfr flights on you know Yes. Only for a while or whatever. Yep. 
and that's mainly it. So it's kind of stuff that's kind of crossing together of all the stuff we said before, like with owner produced parts, um, and then uh, having waivers because that's in the, that that plays into a big deal too. If you can get a waiver for these unauthorized parts for counterfeit or fake parts, flat out no. <laughs> but like yeah. some of them, but Hard some no. of but some of them, you know, like say if it's owner produced or if it's if it was a. Uh, it was third party created and their certification just lapsed, then they might just say, okay, just hang tight until they get their shit together and then we'll move on with life. Fair enough. Easy day. <laughs> so uh, ways besides the notifications, how can we uh, identify unapproved parts, right? So we've kind of let the cat out of the bag already, but a good way is to uh, check the price of the part and then bounce it off against like uh, similar parts, right? Like say uh, fuel con- fuel controls, as MVP said, if it's seven thousand dollars and it says it's either one thousand or ten thousand, like that doesn't sound right, like at all. Highest <laughs> is so much cheaper. Hmm. Uh, this might actually be a, a new one. Is um, like uh, the through the turnaround time, right? Or the delivery schedule for some people, like uh, say like props, for instance, if a typical prop manufacturer says, hey, it's going to take eight weeks. And then here's this other one that says, I'll give it to you in like in 10 days max. Brand new 10 days. No fucking way. Yeah. How? Yeah. (laughs) Unless like you're literally their first customer ever, you know, and they have like literally nothing else to do. But I highly doubt that. Especially for, especially if it's a flight critical part, say for a prop, like as I mentioned, there's no fucking way, <laughs> right? Um, or say, uh, or the big one, as we mentioned, is if the paperwork didn't come with the part or the supplier that gave it to you cannot provide like objective evidence saying that it's good to go. And that's a huge red flag right then and there. Like, you're like hey, where's the the parts tag for this or some cases they call it like the the i'm trying to remember the acronym it's like the the service record uh card or i think is what it called or ser- service record um yeah i'm i'm anyways it's like a it's like a like a form that has like the full history of this part from manufacturer to overhauls to how many hours it has under it all sorts of craziness if that doesn't, if it's yeah, not, it's just a logbook for the component. Most of them, I know what you're talking about, but it's essentially just a logbook for the part, right? Mm-hmm. Date of manufacture, uh, first overhaul, high time, you know, second overhaul, high time again, whatever they did or broke, uh, internal gearing broke, gearing replace, you know, all sorts of stuff. Right. Yes. Um, that- and let's not discount the good old fashioned visual inspection. Yes. Uh, upon part receivable, right? Uh, I'm sure all of you do that. But just as a reminder, uh, you should definitely be looking over all the parts you get. I don't care if it's an O-ring, right? You're going to look at it, make sure there's no nicks in it right from the get-go. Um, you know, if it's a larger component, going back to the fuel control, you know, look at it. And, and if it looks, you know, the, the, the AN fittings that are sticking out of it, if those are all chewed up and marred up and, and the case is uh, kind of real dirty and scratched to hell and it looks like they drug it behind the delivery van as they were delivering it, like that, that might be something to question too. Like, where do we get this thing from, right? And you mm-hmm. might find out like, hey, um, it just went in. It wasn't actually ready for overhaul. It just had this one fitting, uh, an AN fitting crack that they had to replace. That's why this one looks new and the rest look beat up. And part of you wants to go, geez, if they already took it off to send it back for that, why not just replace them all? Well, money, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. we can pay for one, one dash eight or, you know, and cost this much, or we can replace them all when it's not even due for high time and spend way more. So maybe that's why, but if it looks like it was just drop kicked, uh, off the empire state building, then I would question, just take it back and go, Hey, Hey guys, where where did this one come from? It was an overhaul, or what what happened to this thing? Because the paperwork, you know, says it's good, but it doesn't really say where it came from and what it was doing. Just just second, you know, just just back yourself up 
if you have any second guesses. Yes, uh, I would add to, to to the visual inspection. I think you mentioned it, but uh, uh, the the serial numbers. If it looks like it's been hand etched, or if it's been stamped over, that's a huge indication that something's fucked up, right? Yeah, or if the yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if the data plate looks a little wonky to you, or like they scratched something was scratched out and re-stamped, it's like no, I don't think I don't think you're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I've actually I've actually had that happen once where it was these uh, avionics components we were mit- we were out of a bunch of them for quite some time, and then all of a sudden uh, five of them show up. I'm like, where the hell do we get these? And we're we're about to say fuck it, we'll call it good because we need them. But you know, um, we had some very stellar quality insurance dudes who looked to that uh, to those parts and they said, like, there's something up with these serial numbers. Like it's not jiving. And they're like, what do you mean it's not jiving? Well, for one, like um, the data plate is usually here, but it's over here. And there's three different serial numbers etched onto this part. WTF. And they went to say, yo, where's the, the part uh, record log or the service uh, record chart or whatnot? And they look like, none of these serial numbers jive. Where the hell do we get this thing? Long story short, like someone tried to be real sneaky with it. And then they... They swapped out. They tried to forge like a known good serial numbers with these bad ones, and they forgot to scratch off, I guess, the serial numbers from the from the known bad parts, and they just kind of recycled the same serial numbers for whatever much, and then they just forgot to scratch them off. So that was fucking real shysty from the start. Once we figured that out, like, yeah, no, who gave us this? All right. Put them off to the side, take pictures of it. We need to get a full investigation rolling. The whole nine yards, like everyone started, like uh, uh, they started making everyone do um, what's it called, like a memorandum, uh, a memor, like some kind of memorandum for records, saying like, "This is my statement of facts." You know what I mean? The five whys and who, who, what, when, where, why kind of shit. It was freaking wild, right? And you never would have guessed, like, who the fuck would do this, right? But it has happened, and. Was, you know, it, was it the actual vendor of the part that did it? I, we don't know. Uh, oh. I, like, uh, I, uh, I, I can't remember what happened with that investigation. I just remember, like, they made us write our whole record, and they said, okay, we got it, guys. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing, and we'll let you know when we get the new ones. I guess the rumor mill didn't spread enough to tell us why, or maybe it was somebody really up there, and they tried to keep it quiet. I don't know. <laughs> so... We we did I or at least I didn't know what the end result was, but I did know that uh, it all started because someone just uh, decided to look through the serial numbers and match it up to the record. So uh, that going that's another huge thing with the visual inspections. Um, now this may be a little bit of a stretch for the average Joe mechanic, but it doesn't hurt to help. Um, you could look through like any supplier audit paperwork, right? Uh, this includes like looking through like uh, unapproved parts lists or who's currently authorized to make certain parts, right? Uh, especially people in the military, if uh, if a part has some kind of prefix to it or not a prefix, there's like a three letter code that's in the middle of their of the part. If it if it has like a certain lettering in in the parts number or in the the serviceability uh, chart that that typically means that there's only certain amount of people who are allowed to make this, and it's more or less like a PMA, but for military folks, if it has those three digit uh, uh, suffixes, make sure you bounce that off with the authorized user list or the PMA, because it'd be really easy for someone to just fake the funk and then you not know about it until something wrecks. Yeah, not fun. <laughs> No, never good days. Yep. So, uh, and there's actually uh, almost every civil authority, FAA has it. I think EASA and other air authorities have it, where they'll have both a unapproved parts list or at least unapproved parts notification archive. And they'll also have a current um, PMA or product manufacturer authorization list. They'll have those both listed. Sometimes you might have to do a search box in their website or whatnot to find it, but it is there. So if you ever want to get smart with it, we'll throw the link in the, in the description of this show notes too, if we, if you really want to. But uh, if you, 
if you so happen to have some free time or you want to kind of just have a uh, peace of mind or your part just looks questionable, just do a quickie search on your Civil Air Authority site. Look up the authorized use list or the unapproved parts notifications. And if any of that part, if that part number jives with the unauthorized part, just segregate it, take pictures and start uh, writing your five W's (laughs) or your, yeah, your five W's. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, separate the part. Uh, if your if your organization has a material material review board mm-hmm. or a non conforming non conforming materials process, you know, run run down through that to get all that going. Yep, and likewise the PMA. Like, if you ever want a question, or if you ever have a um, like a hesitance about a certain part, just again look at look that up, and if it's on there, like okay. It, it checks out. It's good. It's good to go, right? That's another security for yourself. It's a little over the top for the average Joe mechanic, but for those of the, those of the uh, people who are in general aviation or they're on the road mechanics and like they're the only type of quality out there, might be a good idea to kind of get in the practice of just kind of glancing at it a couple of times or at least be familiar with it, what it's supposed to look like because you never know when that's going to be the one where you show up and the part is made in some dude's garage and fuck who knows where <laughs> yeah and, and i actually have dealt with vendors that do make parts in their garage they were just certified to do so that's see that that's weird you know what i mean like i never knew that was a thing all right but then again you know like I, i'm used to dealing with like full-on manufacturers or oems and stuff like that so hearing that oh yeah i, I fabricated this on my own in my garage I'm like what <laughs> right? and yeah, well yeah it depends on the part right if mm-hmm. it's like a, you know, I don't know, but doesn't have to be in a, a environmentally controlled, you know, operation, then I guess you're probably okay. Gotcha. I get it. But yeah, like I didn't know that was a thing for the longest. And then when I finally saw a bunch, I think it was a uh, cannon plugs. Like uh, not, not doesn't have the pins in it, but it's just the cannon plugs itself. Yeah. The like or, on the housing. The, yeah, the back show in the housing. Like someone actually makes this in his his or her garage. I'm like, say what? Like, yeah, totally legit, man. Look, here's the paperwork. Here's the authorized list. Here's their certification. Like, well, all right, well, whatever. You know, they're good to go. They're good to go. Can't say shit about that. Yeah, yeah actually, I, like, I actually have uh, friends of mine. They're they're certified, and they they build wiring harnesses for a multitude of uh, customers. Right? They order the raw material. They customer sends them the drawings. And they have the, you know, the wiring boards up there and they, they run all the wires for however many feet and whatever it is and how many cannon plugs and put all the pins and everything else and, uh, coil it up, box it, slap the parts tag with it and send it on its way. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. man. they, they get up, uh, and literally just make coffee and walk out the back door to the garage and they're at work. Damn. That's the life right there. I I want that. I want, I want that. Like to teach me your ways. How do you do that? Right. Maybe not, maybe not wiring harnesses for me because I mean, electronics, but, uh, I can do, you know, they also have to have certifications that cost 25 grand and they have to renew them every two years for, for certain customers. Right. So it's, so for all those going, that's the life I'm going to build wiring harnesses in my garage. Well, you can, but you have to, uh, for certain, to broaden your customer basis, you're going to have to invest some some of your own money. Now you can bid some of that into your contracts, but you're not going to be able to bid all of it because, well, you won't get any customers. This is true, <laughs> especially for twenty five grand every two years. Yeah. Woo, that's rough. That's wild. <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> uh, any any final words uh, on this matter, MVP? Nah, yeah, I would say no, and then keep talking. What a clown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just just be cognizant of the parts you're dealing with upon arrival check double check triple check uh all your visual inspections your databases paperwork uh just cross-reference everything to to make sure that you're installing a legit uh you know uh civil air authority uh approved part i'm absolutely correct but hey let us know what you guys think like have you ever encountered uh, 
suspected unauthorized part, counterfeit, fake, and so forth. Uh, what some of the things that you guys had to do? Was it resolved? Did they tell you to keep using it? Did they tell you to mutilate it, destroy it? Whatever the case may be. Hey, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our social medias, our emails, our website. The absolute best way to get a hold of us is our Discord channel via our Patreon. It's where we have all sorts of conversations like this where ourselves and our patrons interact with each other, having a good teaching moments and just kind of spreading the knowledge that can more or less help us in all facets of aviation. And again, this a lot of this is to just pass this along so we don't keep repeating the same mistakes, <laughs> especially when it comes to fake parts and really limiting that whole uh, window of people thinking that it's a smart idea to kind of swindle uh, whole ass aviation companies with fake parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be curious to know what happens with uh, with this uh, vendor. You know, um, I think you said they took the website down already for that uh, vendor, but you know, an investigation is going to be conducted. Somebody's probably going to go to jail. I'm almost certain of it. Oh, and yeah. uh, and if they show up to the facility and it's weirdly shut down all of a sudden, I think that gives you the answer. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, shut down prior to the air, different air authorities shutting them down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty good uh, telling sign. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. If they if they don't blast them on, on the news media channels, if at that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, totally. Well, hey everybody, appreciate you for joining us, and we'll see you all again on the next one. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.